Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps up. Pop pass up the middle. Parker's got it. Room to run. 15-10. Hit and in. Bradley's touchdown. The Bills make me wanna shout. Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. In go to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing in the mix. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7 ESPN Radio You the Rome Heard 96.5 FM Heard wherever you are Whatever you are doing On the ESPN app Oh it's good to be back How we doing friends Did you miss us? We missed you we just abandoned our audience last week. Orange Nation and uh, this here radio program as seen on QSportsTalk.com where you can watch the show. Hello, friends. And you can chat throughout the show. Don't forget. To the point where people were making memes and sending them to us via the Internet. How much they missed us. And we missed you. One last step back. And it's ready to just get it going, friends. This is the week before the week, right? It's a weird week. We were talking to Dino Babers and some players about this today, and I'm going to play back some of those clips for you later in the show. It's not quite game week. There's still some things to kind of round off, dot some I's, cross some T's, finish some things with camp, but it kind of feels like game week. We're just not quite there yet, but it's in the air. The promos, the commercials, you feel the end of summer coming, the Fair starts this week. We're going to be at the fair Thursday, by the way. The Great New York State Fair, so come say hello. I'm sure we'll have all sorts of fun activities for you. We'll be telling you about uh, throughout the week here. So, uh, you know, the fair, it's like summer's over, guys. It's over. I know you're trying to hold on to those last few days, but uh, <sighs> I hate to be the bearer of bad news, friends. It's no longer too early to drink pumpkin beer. Oh, no, the pumpkin coffees are back. And football is in the air, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Summer's over. Over! We're back, baby. We're ready to rock and roll with you. We'd love to hear from you throughout the show at 437-7644 on Twitter. Brent Tax Media, and as mentioned, a great way to stay in touch with the show throughout the show is at QSportsTalk.com, where not only you can watch the show, you can chat uh, throughout the program and some things that we'll discuss with our Q Sports Talk friends exclusively. Uh, during radio breaks as well. We keep the mics on, we keep the camera on, we keep uh, the hijinks and tomfoolery going. Uh, we are excited to be back with you. Plenty of Syracuse football to get into. As mentioned, we talked to Dino Babers today. We talked to Sean Tucker today. 
We talked. Thanks, to, Brent. You're welcome, Coach. We talked to Chris Elmore. We talked to QB1. I was particularly interested in what uh, Chris Elmore said, what Rhino said about this team. I think you're going to enjoy some of the things he said as well. Yeah, Sean Tucker spoke. And it's a typical kind of reserved, quiet Sean Tucker way, but we heard from him. Play back some of those clips for you later in the show. Some leftover takes from vacation coming your way in hot takes, including how ridiculous it was already ridiculous, but just how off-the-rails ridiculous this Deshaun Watson thing has become. Speaking of off-the-rails ridiculous, I don't know how many of you have seen unsolicited advertisement here, but have you seen this uh, Manti Teo documentary on Netflix? I mean, you just want to have your brain splatter all over the place. and You think you kind of know the story, and I wasn't really happy with, in some ways, how they you know, projected this story, but one way or the other, man, you watch that thing and it's just wow. Bonkers. So a couple leftover thoughts there from last week. We weren't here from JJ's going to join us here this hour. Yankees win. Oh, Yankees win. John Sterling, I think, uh, giving Yankee nation what it needed to hear. Glaber Torres throws the first in time. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. Oh, did they need that victory. Now, how could a team with that big of a lead in the division really need that victory? They kind of did. <laughs> I'm not a Yankee fan. God forbid. My team stinks. I'm a Red Sox fan. But just the angst you feel from the Yankee fans in your life, the Yankee fans in your social media feed, they really did need to win that game. And of course, it was a former Red Sox that delivered for you, so you're welcome for uh, Andrew Benatendi there. But Subway Series gets underway again here. This could be another one of those momentum-swinging series. Speaking of what we were talking about, summer's over and the fair's here and get a little bit cooler at night. Like This is no longer... It, in the dog days of summer. This is like prime time now. The Yankees have to show something. Your owner's getting booed yesterday and all sorts of things. So we'll talk about that with J.J. Big injury scare for the New York football Giants. Thankfully, not as serious as it looked to be. Was to play dirty, was it not? And all the uh, Giants and Jets camp news. So always fun to talk New York sports with John Jastrzemski from the New York, New York podcast. The Syracuse alum and passionate Syracuse fan will join us right here in this hour Looking forward to that. Uh, in terms of vacation, before we get into a little issue of football, it wasn't too exciting. I stayed home for the most part, played some golf, actually had a lot of work to do during vacation for, for some other projects I had to finish up, which you'll be reading soon on Syracuse.com and kind of doing some stuff around the house, keeping an eye on the dog. My wife and a daughter decided to get one last uh, jaunt in before school starts, so I've been home alone me and the dog and the cats for uh, a few days. But I do have to tell this story. I don't know if they told this story on, on Orange Nation. So we, as a ESPN Syracuse crew, went golfing uh, last Sunday, not yesterday. Yesterday was a terrible day. I'm glad I took last week off because the weather was absolutely gorgeous, whereas this week it's been a little iffy, especially the past couple of days. But as I like to say, hey, we need the rain. So last Sunday... Tommy Hogan, the legend, Josh, Luke, and myself played golf. Jordan came along for the ride. Jordan just wanted to ride the cart. I'm not kidding about this, by the way. 
Jordan just came to hang out. He just wanted to be with the boys, right? Just wanted to ride the cart, drive the cart, hey, whatever floats your boat. So we have a very lovely round of golf, nine holes. Shout out to the Lynx at Erie Village. And so we get to the ninth hole. Now, I was in the lead. I had a, a what did I have, boys? Two-shot lead, three-shot lead on Tommy Hogan. But it was still tight. And it's, you know, a little par three, ninth hole there at the Lynx. And uh, Uncle Brent's first shot goes out of bounds. My second shot. I know you love hearing about other people's golf games, but trust me that this story does come together. So I had my second shot, probably about 30 yards from the pin, but way off the pin. I definitely got to chip up. I chip in. I chip in to finish the round. We only played nine holes. I chipped in to finish the round and hold off what could have been a surge from the great Tommy Hogan. So there we are on the ninth hole having a hot dog. Feeling good about myself. And the group behind us, the group behind us, pardon me, guy hits a hole in one. Guy hits a hole in one. And I'm just like, oh, you got to show me up like that. I'm feeling great. I chip in. I hold off Tommy. I bought the boys some hot dogs, which, by the way, um, Luke, can we just talk about Lukey for a second here? Not only... Did Luke put ketchup on his hot dog? He did this against my specific request not to. Who paid for the golf on Sunday? This guy right here treated the boys to a round of golf. Who bought the hot dogs at the turn? This guy right here. All I ask, no ketchup on the hot dog. Jordan listen who didn't even play just wanted to ride on the cart get the camaraderie of hanging with the boys Luke did play put ketchup on his hot dog I, I just in my presence in front of me and, and ate it right in front of me so anyway that was fun yeah guy hits a hole in one <laughs> the group behind us I'm like come on man feeling great about myself, but that's golf. You know, somebody else is going to come along and, and do something like that. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. But a great vacation and great to be back with you. And we're pretty much back in the swing of things, friends. I'm going to take Friday off, my last Friday of the summer off, and then we're just locked and loaded and, and, and ready to go uh, for football season. Speaking of football, like I said, it's the week before the week. So I don't want to get fully into Louisville, game week, all that stuff. We're going to do that as we get closer to game week itself. But I did ask Dino Babers this today. And I got to be honest with you, most of Dino's media session today, there really wasn't much to it. And it's not Dino's fault. It's just, it's that time of year. We're not quite in game mode. We're wrapping up camp. Thankfully, from their standpoint, there's not a ton of injuries or anything like that to talk about. So it's just kind of like, you know, we're just getting through this. But I did ask Dino, how camp has been impacted by an ACC opponent being right there as your first opponent. Here's what he said. This is different. We've never had this before, and uh, it's not that the first – you have to really be – the game means more. Every game means one game, but this is a conference game. 
and you're coming out and there might be what happens in your first game is you have a you have a feeling about certain people if they've played before and you have you know guys that haven't played what you believe they're going to do a certain thing in a game and your first game your second game normally decides whether they can or they can't and then you readjust if you think you've got the wrong guy in there well this game you can't do that so you've got to really test them and not only physically but mentally in camp and you still got to hope that if you got a new guy in there you got the right guy and what normally happens is depth charts and teams don't really solidify until somewhere between game three and five because you really know who's in there who's not in there i remember uh you know bergeron didn't start to the middle of the season so we went through how many games without him being out there duh you know what i mean so we want to make sure that we don't have those opportunities those situations happen again. So that's what it's all about. Everything is accelerated. You know, that's why you see today a Dan Valari out there taking reps at wide receiver, which Dino did discuss, and we'll play back that clip later on here. Decisions have to be made quicker. You don't have time to play in that first game against an opponent. No offense to Ohio, but you can play in Ohio and you can mess around a little bit. You can start off with a Western Michigan and Put a game plan together. You want to beat your opponent, but at the at the other sense of it, with no preseason games in college football, you can tinker, you, and you have no choice. You have to see how things play out. And Syracuse is still in that position when you have a new offensive coordinator and some other new coaches trying to see what they have. That's why I, I think the last monologue we did before going on vacation was how important it would be for the defense really to carry this team through the first few games while the offense finds itself. But, man, there are going to be some things that you're going to come out of the shoot with and better be sharp with and better be on with and how important that first game is going to be. This is the most important first game Syracuse has had, I think, in a long time. I want to look back on the records and really get into it, make sure I'm not missing one here. But this is as important as it gets. Giving everything that's on the line here. And see, look, we all know this team has got to – satisfy all parties, and the only way to do that is to get to a bowl game. They don't get to a bowl game. All I think people are going to hear in the voice of Charlie Brown's teacher is excuses. They want bottom-line results. I've worked in the private sector. They expect results, right? But this team, this program, is still at a bit of a crossroads here. In this first game, what Dino said and what this camp is and the things we don't see and what the scrimmages have been has to come to fruition quicker than usual. The only book in there is UConn. You probably want that if, in a perfect world, you'd flip the script. You'd put UConn first and beat the crap out of a bad team while getting some real game reps in there and getting a feel of things as opposed to coming out of the shoot with an ACC opponent, which, by the way, in its last two matchups, has defeated Syracuse by a combined score of 71-3, to something these players are well aware of, as we'll play back some of those clips later in the show. So the feel of it is bowl game or bust, winning season, no excuses, right? But there's still some things that have to come together. And there's st- we all know it's not a, this is not a bowl or bust scenario. I will not use that term because when you got an athletic director – going out of his way to say, oh, he's not on the hot seat, and we know what the buyout is, and some of these things that put that in doubt. I'm not going to say that just to say that. I'm only going to say that if I feel that. I'm only going to say that if it's true. 
Now, I could say that and just, you know, rally the troops, big bull or bust, bull or bust. But that doesn't make any sense. You can have that opinion. You can feel that way. You can have that opinion, but I don't believe it to be true. I'm only going to do that if I feel there's actually a shot for that to happen. And we can go through all the scenarios and all the finishing records and what it's going to take, but, man, that first game and the importance of it. I was really, uh, how can I put this? For lack of a better term, I was struck by when I asked that question, you can kind of see Dino's eyes light up a little bit. Because a lot of, I'm not, this is not a criticism, trust me. It's just like I said, it's where we're at camp. A lot of questions before that were just like, uh, to, you know, is this guy healthy? Is that guy healthy? Just kind of going through the checklist of things and, you know, just kind of those run of the mill stuff you ask the coach. I asked that question. You can kind of see him like, oh, yeah, this means a heck of a lot more. That is factored into camp. And, man, the, the whole thing, the whole thing could be determined by the first game. You never want to put too much into one football game, one of 12. But the tone that's going to be set, the weight that will be lifted off their shoulders, the confidence it will push into, even that early part of the schedule where, yes, there's a lot of good quarterbacks and a lot of good teams, but five of those six games are at home. But if you feel like you've already taken a huge step back after game one, and you think you're at a crossroads now, you're going to be at that fork in the road, and you're going to have no idea which way it's going to take you. Whereas if you beat Louisville, you come out strong, full steam ahead. 2-0 and after UConn into Purdue, at home, good Big Ten team, great quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, top 20 uh, quarterback in the country last year, but that's a beatable team. Short week, Virginia, the huge tactical advantage you have there, obviously, with Robert and I and Jason Beck. You beat the tar out of Wagner, and then after that bye week, man, it gets hairy. It gets real hairy. The importance of finding your way early. We know what's on the line at the end of the year. At the end of the year, the picture will be clear. It better be, right? Six wins or more, bowl game, rubber stamp, everybody goes forward. Fall short of that, we got a real conversation to have here, and all we'll hear is excuses. So it's clear what has to happen, but I feel like this team is still at a crossroads of where it could go as the season is just about ready to get underway. And on that note, we will break. We're going to hear from Dino a little bit more later on. I think you're really going to enjoy what Chris Elmore said today, and we'll hear from QB1 and Sean Tucker, who picked up yet another huge preseason accolade today. I can't remember a Syracuse football player that has more, not that this means anything, but just the best way I can put it, has more preseason hardware than any player in recent memory, and he got another big one today. Let's talk some New York sports, though, on the other side. Our good friend John Jastrzemski. The man, the myth, the legend. From the Ringer, New York, New York podcast. Subway series, Jets and Giants, training camp talk, big injury scare for the Giants, but it appears all is well there for their top 10 picks. So we'll get the, all the latest from JJ coming up. We'll hear from you throughout the show at 437-7644. On Twitter, Brent Axe Media in the chat as well at Q Sports Talk. It's time for the blind side. No, it is not time for the blind side. Who hit that button? Uh, boys, my screen is not up. Can you uh, can you tell me who we got uh, from our friends at Lee Baldwin and Company? 
here to tell us all how the uh, stock market went on this Monday, August the 22nd, 2022, 822-22. I don't know if that's a sign of good or bad things today, but uh, the man himself, Lee Baldwin, is here to tell us about that. Was that a good sign, Lee, or how do we come off on this Monday? Uh, I'm going to take a blind side to the market today. We were uh, down a little bit to begin the week, Brent. So uh, Dow was down about 600 points. NASDAQ falling 2.5%. So so that's how we began. But we did have a diamond, Signify Health, up 32%. Uh, They're the target of a bidding war between Amazon and CVS, amongst others. So we did have a stock up. And uh, Dog is online furniture store Wayfair. That's fun. Falling from seventy-one bucks to fifty-four just since Thursday last week. So, just, there you just have since it. Yeah. Thursday, <laughs> just since Thursday night. Everybody's so. got their furniture. I might bump that up a little bit, Lee. You know why? I have pets that like to scratch my furniture, so <laughs> but I need some new furniture soon. So maybe I'll help them out and, and order a, a new couch or something. Maybe that'll that'll push the stock up a little. Bit. And it sounds like you have a full slate tonight, and football's in the air. So I love it. We're here. We're here. It's summer's over. Right. It's over. We're here, man. Let's go. Rock and roll. (laughs) Let's go. Good stuff. Thank you, sir. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Brent. There he goes. The one and only Lee Baldwin, who you should go see his great crew, Casanova, Utica, LeeBaldwin.com. See if all the diamonds and none of the dogs on your portfolio. We will break. We will come back, and we will talk New York sports with the one and only John Jastramski. We're back. Great to be back here on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Yeah, we know it's definitely a big game. Uh, coming up those losses, we definitely want to get a win. So the team definitely knows, and we're coming in practice and just working hard preparing for that week that is sean tucker the um how can we put this now we don't hear often from sean tucker he's kind of quiet but when we do always means something we'll hear more from the running back who picked up yet another big award today second team preseason ap all-american to go on a huge pile of preseason accolades for tucker we'll hear from rhino we'll hear from coach dino babers coming up as thanks well. brent welcome coach and uh, qb1 as well right now we go to the phones and we hear from my man dominic in north carolina dom you made it we're back i know it was a long week for you but here we are and no more long vacations for a while you did it i'm proud of you Brent, thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad that you're back. Um, I hope that it wasn't too much of a pass while you're on vacation <laughs> and me doing memes. No, I got a kick out of it. I did it on Monday, and I, on Tuesday I was sitting there on my break, and I said if I do this Tuesday, two days in a row, I, I have to go all the way and do it every day. Yeah, I, so, I appreciate um, your commitment to that. It kept your mind occupied yeah. without the shows to keep yeah. your mind occupied. So we're glad we yeah, could help, so, and thank you for the, uh, the great memes. I appreciate it. Yes. So I just uh, quickly want to talk about football this year. I have immersed myself just between, you know, the way, luckily, the job I have, I could listen to you guys all day and podcast. I just get a very 2018 feel for the team. I don't, I'm not saying 10 wins. I'm just saying there seems to be like the coaching staff and interviews and watching 
you know, the, the Syracuse YouTube channel and the coaches just seem excited for the year. And I, 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 I think that there's going to be good, good things this year. So you have a, a top five ACC defense. You have the best running back in the ACC. And so if the wide receivers and the quarterback are just a little bit better, I think that's this it. is definitely a bowl team this year. Don, that's it. That is it right there. You just hit the nail on the head. No matter what we say about this team, we'll say a lot, and good to hear your voice, my friend. It's going to come down to how quickly Garrett Schrader can get comfortable with Robert and I and Jason Beck, get comfortable by throwing the ball more, get comfortable with, and remember, this is a wide receiver group where there's a lot of names back, but not a lot of big-time production. I mean, Courtney Jackson, who was on earlier with Orange Nation today, I really enjoyed uh, listening to that. He's your leading receiver from last year. Sean Tucker is your second leading receiver, and you've got some familiar names back, a couple of transfers. You know, you bring back a Damian Alford. You bring back a Rondé Gatson. You bring in a C.J. Hayes. There's some names that are just kind of trying to stand out and are going to get an equal opportunity to do that. But what I would feel better about is if you're combining all this with, you know, having a Steve Ishmael type. Right, having an Amba at a Tawu, having somebody who is just a standout talent. If you had a tight end to throw the ball to to help this offense, it's got to get the ball off quicker, and I think it's going to use short yardage. Maybe I'll be surprised. Not going to get swept up in that again because my dreams have been crushed way too many times in that case. It's utilizing Tucker the right way, not overusing him. He's certainly going to be used more in the past. I said he was the second-leading receiver last year, but there's going to be more of an emphasis to use him in the passing game. So while we're on the subject, good lead in there, Dom. Let us start with QB1. Garrett Schrader uh, didn't meet long with the media today, but that's okay. We'll certainly be catching up with him a couple more times before they uh, kick it off against Louisville next Saturday. Here's Schrader, though, on how he feels the offensive line. Another key there. A lot of experience back, but they have to stay healthy. This offensive line has been snake-bit in recent years. It can't stay healthy. They're shifting guys around. They can do that this year. That would be huge. Here's what Schrader said about them. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, they've they been moving some guys around and, you know, trying different stuff out, but uh, we, get, we got a solid uh, group of guys up there, and, uh, you know, Coach Schmidt does a great job, you know, with being dynamic, and he really brings that element of the run game and especially last year he did a lot of that stuff so um now it it'll be easier i feel like with, especially with the coach and i and coach back in their, their system when you pair the two of what we've done it uh it complements really nicely now let me jump over to coach babers here the biggest newsworthy thing from today is that dan valari michigan transfer taking some reps at wide receiver now let's listen to dino here and then i'll have a follow-up thought but i like what I'm hearing in the sense of just get people on the field. We want to get him in some special team stuff. He's athletic guy. See if we can get him in the field in some other positions besides still playing quarterback. You've been listening to this show. Uncle Brent's been telling you since the early days of camp. Carlos Del Rio Wilson's the backup quarterback on this team. He has been lighting up camp. He has impressed some people to the point, from what I've heard, that he's actually a traitor is QB1. But if he was around for spring, if he was around a little longer, remember he's you know a, a, a new transfer, he just got here in May, he'd be pushing harder for the job. Like That's how impressive he's been physically, talent-wise. He's got to catch up on everything. Now, it's a new offense. The advantage he has, 
and I'm talking about Carlos Del Rio Wilson now, is he's pretty much on even ground with a lot of people on that field. Schrader's got a head start because he was around for spring, but this is a whole new offense. Schrader has the team. He's QB1, and I'm not disputing that, but he's pushing. To hear Valari's at receiver, he's on special teams, he's there. Now, when they brought in Valari, the stories and the discussion that was had then was he was capable of this. You can just get him on the field. Be creative with how you use him. So I was encouraged to hear that, but I think we learned today he's not the backup. Now, the other big thing from Babers, here's another one uh, before I play that. This is just, look, this week, not quite game week, but position battles, they're pretty much over. The battles are basically over. These guys are sharpening up. I think that uh, for the most part, all the positions are kind of solidified a little bit. And if there's one or two guys that are still in a battle at a position, you're probably going to see both guys play during the game. Now, one more from Babers here. I asked him what camp has been like, how it has been impacted by having an ACC opponent week one. This is different. We've never had this before, and uh, – it's not that the first, you have to really be, the game means more. Every game means one game, but this is a conference game. And you're coming out, and there might be, what happens in your first game is you have a, you have a feeling about certain people if they've played before. And you have, you know, guys that haven't played, which you believe they're going to do a certain thing in a game. And your first game, your second game normally decides whether they can or they can't. And then you readjust if you think you've got the wrong guy in there. Well, this game, you can't do that. So you've got to really test them in not only physically but mentally in camp. And you still got to hope that if you got a new guy in there, you got the right guy. And what normally happens is depth charts and teams don't really solidify until somewhere between game three and five because you really know who's in there who's not in there. I remember, uh, you know, Bergeron didn't start till the middle of the season. So we went through how many games without him being out there. Duh. You know what I mean? So we want to make sure that we don't have those opportunities those situations happen again. So that's what it's all about. Uh, Sean Tucker here asked him the same question. Here's what he said. Uh, it's definitely been different just in the fact that we got to train harder. You know, we, this team that was coming in and playing this first week, uh, we lost the past two games. So just having that focus and that mindset that you got to make it different and definitely come out with a win on the first week. Now, um, those are all great, but the, the person I really enjoyed hearing from today was Chris Elmore. Who Chris is always great, and, you know, he's the, the KGL veteran now, been around for – is this his sixth year, right? Because he had the injury year and the COVID year and carry the two. I believe this is year six for Elmore. Double-check me on that, guys. But certainly a guy has been around and been there and done that, right? Here's Chris Elmore. One thing that I asked him was the impact and the difference of having a known QB1, a clear QB1, given that last year in camp that wasn't really the case. Just the, just the camaraderie, you know, like going into week one, we didn't know who that starting quarterback was going to be, and I was like, that was like, oh, man, what's it going to be in practice? Like, who's going to be the quarterback throwing this, throwing that? But now that we know they straight his quarterback for week one and they're going to be our starting quarterback, is offense running a lot smoother. Being uh, as experienced as he is, in year six just the experience that i have the experience that i have on and off the field you know just around the community in school in the classroom and just the level of competition that i play you know playing six years not like you said not too many guys have done that so a lot of guys come and filter around me just off the position i play from tight end o-line d-line and things like that like even the d-line come and learn things from me and i was like hey like what, what what can i do better to defeat this block and things like that and it's just no 
you know, talent, talent sees talent, and that's why I like it. A lot of young guys that get experience from me. I asked Chris uh, what he sees from Robert and I in this offense, and what excites him about. It. I like the type of energy he brings. You know, he's a coach who's been around a lot of players, has sent a lot of guys to the lead, and you know, he just he's a humble guy and keep and he knows what he's doing. And you know, he gets everybody to buy in. He's not one that goes around and has to yell at everybody. He actually brings the fun to the game and has guys want to buy in. So. That's what I like about Chris. A little bit more on that from what he's seeing from the offense here under new leadership. Man, I've seen big jumps from the offense coming from the spring, and us just learning it to now is just like that turnaround and just seeing that guys were focused and willing to really learn this offense. I'm excited to get out there and put it to use. A couple more from Chris Elmore here. As per the theme today, what's it like with a team like Louisville? in game one on the slate. How has that up things in camp? Um, it's a little different, you know, especially the opponent being Louisville, you know, previous years, just that, that, that those scores, that record with them just doesn't sit right with a lot of guys. I know me, especially being here for my sixth year, that doesn't leave a good taste. So being able to come out and have them week one definitely is is big big game for us. That's where I think Chris Elmore is huge. Because now, they felt it last year, and if you were on the team the past couple of years, they have lost the last two games to Louisville by a combined score of 71-3. to So most of these players are aware of that, but this goes a little deeper for Chris Elmore, who's beat Louisville once in a Syracuse career. That's one of those teams that just own Syracuse. They've won, I believe, eight of the last nine, and it's just Pittsburgh is another one of those teams that just has owned Syracuse in the last decade. So to get him game one, still have Malik Cunningham. And, look, we're going to get much more into this next week when it's game week. But starting to get that feel of how important this first game is, a lot of it has to do with it's simply an ACC opponent and a good team right out of the shoot. Now, the great Scooter in Jamesville joins us here. Uh, Scoot, uh, good to talk to you again. And I thought of you over break. Yeah. Because. So my mother is very excited about the – as you're well aware, they have a program at the at the Turning Stone Casinos. It's like a gift program, right, where you get it like a gift. Yeah, yellow brick, right, yeah. or something the like that. The bricks, yeah. the bricks, yeah. doing that. And she, I took my mother to pick up. It was a chair. There's a chair, yep. and we picked it up. And of course, while we were there, Sharon had to play a little bit. We're not there five minutes, and my mother wins like two hundred dollars. Nice, nice. Now, while she's doing that, playing her her baby machine, I'm looking over at the board, and I'm like, "All right, now, I, I nothing grabbed me though about some some future football bets. I was looking on the board, nothing. There was nothing that really grabbed me. I was I was very tempted to do it, right? But nothing really got me. What should I have gone over and and uh, put a little well, something up? I, well, we've talked about it earlier, and it's it's if it's still eight and a half, I got it at eight and a half. I took a small wager on Pittsburgh Panthers under eight and a half. I, okay. uh, to me, yeah. to me, they're gonna have to show me that they weren't a one hit wonder like Carolina was last year. I told everybody because remember Carolina, I think it was nine and a half and ten that they were a one hit wonder. They lost everybody. They lost receivers, running backs. All they had was a quarterback, and I think they won seven ball games. And We'll, we'll, write, we'll know right off the bat because I think Tennessee is the other way. Tennessee has been fluctuating. Depends where you can get it. Seven, seven and a half. I like the over on Tennessee Volunteers because they they open up against uh, Ball State and it's the second year of the program and they showed a lot of uh, you know their, their offense. The, the guy came from Central Florida. Used to be the Arkansas offensive coordinator. 
And, See, that's uh, what I should have done. I should have looked more yeah. at the college boards. I had my eye yeah, on the NFL board. I'm not putting anything on Buffalo because they're the favorite. Right, right. Josh Allen MVP odds couldn't get good value there. So I right. just I just kind of gave up and, and watched my mother win all that money. And <laughs> There you go. That's the best way. And get her well, free I, chair. I'll, well, I hope, <laughs> hope your summer it was good. Mine was great. Uh, in fact, it was like the Casey and the Sunshine Band song. Did a little Saratoga betting. Listened to a lot of uh, music uh, in, in, in the park. And then uh, hung out in the block at 4 o'clock. See, that's how we do it right there. Huh? And we're getting closer, Scooter, this summer. I know you love the horses and everything, yeah, but we're getting trailers. back to, come on, let's go. Real football. We'll have real yep. football. Isn't Is week zero this Saturday? Like, we're going to have week real zero. football yep. to wager on coming up. Let's yep. go. Actually, actually the, the, the next, the last big race is the Travers at Saratoga. That's where all the horses that usually run the Kentucky Derby, they call it the Mid-Summer Derby. And basically all the, a lot of the horses that run in the Derby run, run the, that Saturday. But Saturday, you might might keep an eye on Utah State and Connecticut. We're going to find out how, how bad Connecticut is. Utah oh, State's a 28 and a half. Oh, we'll, we'll, find, we'll find out because they're a 28 and a half point underdog. They're that bad. U, Utah State. And Utah State's like a mill. Middle of the road, uh, you know, team that plays in Boise's conference. So the only thing I'd be hesitant there is Utah State gets up big, call off the dogs. UConn kind of sneaks one in there on the backups and covers the twenty-eight. But oh, they're bad. Good, but but we'll find out how good they're. And then I feel sorry for Utah State because then they go play Alabama the following week. They're already yeah, they're already thirty half point underdog now. I'll tell you that is what you just hit on. It's actually fascinating, Scooter, because you're going from the outhouse to the penthouse in one week. Connecticut to Bama. And we'll have to let you go on that note, buddy. Good to hear your voice as we go to break here. Whoa, who made that schedule? From Connecticut, who is just god-awful, to Bama. Wow, that is quite the contrast there. We'll break and come back. Stay right there.